Hello, welcome to Femex Podcast. Today, I'm here with Patty Juarez. Patty is the National Diverse Segments Director for Wells Fargo. Hi, Patty. How are you? Hi, great to be here. I'm so excited to have you. I mean, when they told me I would get to interview you, I was like, yes, because we're doing a series on financial education and preparation. And I was really excited to hear from someone that's in the financial industry as a woman and as a Latina and that has accomplished so much. So we really want to hear your story. So tell us a little bit about you and what you do right now. Yes. So I'm the National Diverse Segments Director for Wells Fargo. So I set all the strategies for our women-owned, Hispanic-owned, Asian-owned, Native American-owned, kind of all the segments within Wells Fargo, uh, Wells Fargo's wholesale banking unit. So it's all of the uh, business loans that we make. And so that I started that a couple of years ago um, because um, I had my own office and I was seeing that a lot of the growth and a lot of my new accounts were women-owned companies wow. and Hispanic-owned companies in, in, in Anaheim, California. So obviously the demographics there helped. And um, as I was looking at the opportunity, I realized that as a bank, we didn't really have a distinct or targeted strategy for these segments. And it occurred to me that you market to women and Hispanics and Native Americans a lot different than you do, right. you know, the mainstream market. And so I actually started working on a business plan and looking up at the trends that I was seeing. And at the time, I was the Orange County Hispanic Chamber of Commerce chairwoman wow. for, the, for the chamber. <laughs> and so I was seeing a lot of data that came through my desk about women-owned businesses, Latina-owned businesses growing at nine times the national average. Wow. And so I started to think, what if we really started to focus on these segments? What mm -hmm. if the bank took all the energy and effort behind what we do and dedicated a group, you know, to target these growth segments? And so I um, put together the business plan and then I asked for an audience with the head of the commercial bank and I went up to San Francisco <laughs> with my plan. And um, he listened and he heard me and he looked at the data. And of course, it was a very data-driven analysis, mm -hmm. which mm -hmm. I think is important. And um, he just was super supportive and allowed me to build what we have today. So let me stop you right there because it sounds simple for you to say, you know, I asked for an audience. Yes. But I've been in the corporate world and I know that you don't just go and talk to someone you know, an executive or something just like that, right? Like, right. what did you have to do to get ready for that and to even secure that opportunity? Yes. So I'm a huge networker. I have always stayed in touch with people throughout my career. I've, I've been at the bank almost 25 years. And so I can tell you that I still, I'm still in touch with people that I met on day one. And so I actually had met him, John Adams, um, years before in another um position that I had. Mm -hmm. And so I had stayed in touch with him for a while and we had uh, worked in the same market. So we were friendly, wow. although he had gotten promoted a number of times mm -hmm. and now mm -hmm. he's the head of the commercial bank. So there's a little bit of anxiety that uh -huh. comes with, you know, approaching him on that. But I just really leaned on my relationship that I had formed mm -hmm. with him and mm -hmm. the fact that I had taken the time to, to nurture that over the years. And so he said, no problem, come on up. And I flew up to San Francisco. He gave me plenty of his time to go over the strategy. And I think he really uh, appreciated that I was thinking about 
the future of commercial banking and mm-hmm. being strategic about where the growth is going to come from. I mean, mm-hmm. financial services is a mature industry. If you grow at single digits, you know, that's mm-hmm. kind of a good year. Mm-hmm. And so these segments were growing at double digit, wow. you know, rates. And so when he saw that, um, I think he recognized the opportunity. Mm-hmm. He recognized the passion in me mm-hmm. that I had to build something. And, um, and he supported me, which is, you know, part of building relationships and, um, and I was just really grateful to it. I felt like it was almost like I was in Shark Tank. And then, right. you know, <laughs> yeah, you and then I got my, idea. yeah, I was pitching my idea and mm-hmm. then I kind of got funded. Mm-hmm. And so he, um, yeah, he said, you know, we'll go do it. And so I've been doing this for two and a half years now. And we have a huge customer base. We have tremendous momentum. We're adding more and more clients um, that are very, I think, appreciative and, um, and they really like that we cater, you know, mm-hmm. to, to these segments. And we do things differently. We do mm-hmm. things differently for women. We market to them differently. Mm-hmm. They buy differently. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we, we have changed our business strategy. So I train our workforce, right, all of the local offices on how to do this. And then I develop marketing and um, marketing strategies to go to market with things that are dedicated exclusively to these segments. Mm-hmm. So we will have like a Lunar New Year celebration for our wow. Asian segment, or we'll have a, you know, Women's Business Day celebration mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. our women's segment, Hispanic Heritage Month mm-hmm. for our Latino segment. And we'll do um, a lot more in terms of just arming our bankers with analytics, information, so that they can feel comfortable talking to people. And many times I'll even do research in their market. Like, mm-hmm. who are the top Latinos you should know in San Diego, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, who should you know here? And Jesse so, Medina's on your list. Right? Yes, <laughs> of course. And so, you know, you have to just forge those relationships because what I've learned over the years is that if you want to be accepted as a, you know, we want to be the, the bank of choice mm-hmm, amongst these diverse mm-hmm. owned companies. But if you are going to be accepted as that, you have to be genuine. Mm-hmm. You have to be uh, consistent in your efforts mm-hmm. and you have to be present in the community. Yeah. And so, and if you're not, then people will say, well, you know, they're only here because it's convenient mm-hmm. or because it's the flavor it's of the day, yeah, yeah. you know. And so we don't want that at all mm-hmm. at Wells Fargo. We really pride ourselves in developing relationships. Mm-hmm. And we are one of the banks that's, you know, and I'd say across the country, we're the most involved in our communities. And so that for me is a source of pride. And whenever I travel and I travel a lot mm-hmm. throughout the country and I go to places, they will always say, you've done so much, you know, mm-hmm. for us in our community. And that really opens up that dialogue. Yeah. And then, you know, how also with, within our Hispanic segment, for instance, we're so loyal and we love to refer people, you know, to our yes, tia, our yes, tío, our yeah. cousins, everything. <laughs> so, you know, referral business and kind mm-hmm. of word of mouth is absolutely critical. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I love that. And I love that they, you know, they open the opportunity up for you because, you know, in the corporate world, I travel a lot too, and I go mm-hmm. to a lot of events. And what happens is I've even gone to female empowerment events where you see men speaking and men saying, you know, I'm behind this thing to empower women. And, and there's nothing wrong with that. It's amazing that we do have men that, you know, um, want to help and support. But I love it even more mm-hmm. when they get a woman 
to say that. Like, don't speak for us, right? Like, it happens with millennials too. You have older right. men saying, you know, millennials like this and That's that. Why don't you put a millennial on the stage so we can tell you what we like, right? So I love that, you know, they, that you brought that idea on and it didn't just stay at that, but they were like, okay, you're passionate about this. Let's give you that opportunity. That's amazing. Yes. Um, one word that you said that really stuck out to me, and I, I want to share that with the audience for you, uh, that are listening is that, you know, the word data, because mm -hmm. I think that it's not just a word for the financial industry, mm -hmm. but for any business, doesn't matter mm -hmm. what you do, even if you have a bakery, mm -hmm. even if whatever it is, anytime you want to pitch yourself, anytime right. that you want to get funding or you want to even sell your idea to someone, the best way to do it is with data. Yes. So how did you use that data? How did you gather it? And how did it serve you in, in getting that pitch that you yes. Right. Well, I think it's all about the analytics behind what you want to do. So for instance, for me, it was about market trending, right? So mm -hmm. if I showed him, which are the growth segments, which are the ones that are flatlining or declining, you know, where's the future headed? What do the demographics look like? Mm -hmm. Who's coming into the workforce? Who is graduating from college? Right, right. And guess what? <laughs> All those roads point back to Latinas and yeah. Latinos <laughs> and, you know, Hispanics and, and many other and women, you know, and so, um, so it was very important to me to be very uh, data driven in my mm -hmm. anal analysis because people can't argue with data numbers, yeah. and numbers, yeah. right? They can say, if you have a very qualitative analysis uh -huh. of something, mm -hmm. they can say, well, maybe that's your opinion yeah, right. and mm -hmm. maybe you think so, but it's not so. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so my um, my fundamental uh, plan was to, to have a very data driven um, set of, you know, uh, pages that I could then present to them in graphs and charts and all of that. When I do a lot of financial literacy um, training for women and for millennials mm -hmm. and for That's college amazing. students um, based on where they are in their financial mm -hmm. journey. And what I tell women, you know, especially when they're going to go out and pitch their company, get mm -hmm. funding and mm -hmm. all that, if they don't have a solid business plan that makes mm -hmm. numerical sense that, you know, where right. you know things tie up, right. that's not going to impress the investors, mm -hmm. right? It's And it's, you can have all that charisma and the energy mm -hmm. in the universe, mm -hmm. but if your business plan doesn't make sense, you know, those investors are not going, they're going to look at that first before right. they even give right. you an audience. Mm -hmm. And so if that doesn't stand out, you're never going to get that meeting. And so for me, it's really important to, to have um, strong analytical type mm -hmm. of background mm -hmm. on things because mm -hmm. I think you like for me it actually got my idea funded because right. uh, honestly if I hadn't had all those trends and all that he might have just said well you know that's just your opinion it's just that's what yeah you think. exactly you think. and the beauty of what you did too and this is really important for entrepreneurs is that you saw a need first right you first identify the need and then you said the numbers are telling me this and you use that data Mm -hmm. to you know to pitch your idea but it was based out of a need too it right. wasn't just something that you know like i think it's really important when you're starting a business especially you have to feel that need see that need first sure. and then find the numbers that support it and if right. the numbers don't support it sometimes you're just gonna have to pivot or go with a different idea right so that's right and I, when you do that with you with your business plan you have to analyze mm -hmm. your opportunities mm -hmm. your threats your you know barriers to entry mm -hmm. all those things that are going to give you enough data points to know if it's worth your while because mm -hmm. you know we can go into business and mm -hmm. lose our homes lose all of our money i mean it has to be well thought out and it has to serve a market need mm -hmm. if it doesn't mm -hmm. then you know you may not 
be as successful right. as you think or you're going to be. Longer, yeah, exactly. And so I think it's important to do your market study mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. well in advance and to know that you're there to serve a need and that there's it's a, there's growth mm-hmm, potential mm-hmm. that maybe, and maybe it's something that's been done a million years in a different way. Look at right. Uber, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, cabs were like, that's it. That's yeah. the way we got around. And then all of a sudden, you know, there's this idea. And yeah. so these things can be really um, disruptive mm-hmm. in a good way. Mm-hmm. And so you it doesn't have to be like some creation or new right. thing. Mm-hmm. It can be just a different way of doing yeah. things. And yeah. so there's many ways to uh, innovate. So you mentioned that, you know, as you were looking into the differences between men and women, you noticed that there's some things that you have to do different as whether you're a bank or even in business to reach those audiences. So where were some of the main differences uh, in the way that you market to men or or just like the general population and the way that you work with women. Yes. So for many years as a banker, uh, we had our general market campaigns, right? Mm -hmm. Whereas, okay, let's go plaster the market with product A because that's Uh going to open doors for us and it's going to allow us to get new meetings. So inevitably it would be a baseball bat or a football or some (laughs) kind of, you know, barbecue tool set (laughs) and I'm thinking oh my god like I'm not gonna go to this female CFO and bring her this football and so you know I thought for sure that's kind of off on our strategy right Mm -hmm. I mean I'd rather go with a nice book you know Mm -hmm. I mean something that's gonna resonate more Mm -hmm. you know a candle I mean you know something different and so um, that struck me as odd. First mm-hmm, and foremost, mm-hmm. I was like, well, that it just doesn't feel right. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, when it came to like our Hispanic market, those same things would not resonate either. Right. They would rather have me bring them a Rosca de Reyes, you know, <laughs> after Christmas or, right, you right, know, something right. different. And so, by the way, if you bring me food anytime, yeah, anytime I'm happy. welcome. Yeah. Okay, good. So if you want to find a general <laughs> one that appeals to everyone, it's probably food, right? Yes. Actually, our first year for our Hispanic Heritage Month campaign, we did a very high-end spice set with all Hispanic Ooh. spices. And people were just raving about mm-hmm. it for years. But um, yeah, we, 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 we have to find, obviously, a product that appeals mm-hmm. to people. Um, but it, it wasn't footballs and right. baseballs, right. right? For women <laughs> no. and for Hispanic. And so that um, was the turning point for me where mm-hmm. I was like, why am, why am I doing this? This doesn't make mm-hmm. sense. And mm-hmm. I should raise the issue because we should cater our strategy and have different, pro- different things that we offer. Right. And so anyhow, and, you know, then the, of course, then we have the male population that's seeing like, okay, coffee table books or, you know, candles. And they're mm-hmm. like, oh, now we have to take candles and coffee table books and all this stuff. And I'm like, yes, because we took the baseballs and the football right. you know, wow, and the bats. It. So it's like no different. You know, if you got to cater to your audience. So you level the market in your industry. Yes. I love that. So tell us a little more. So, okay, so you pitched the idea. They say yes. And then what happened next? So then I had to build a, a, a strategy, right? Like mm-hmm. a master plan. So I have this whole country. There's, <laughs> you know, there's pockets that are high density, right? There's mm-hmm. definitely five top markets. You know, you would know California, mm-hmm. Florida, Texas, you know, you, there's markets that are high density that mm-hmm. have more opportunity. So I had to do a whole evaluation as to how do I go to market? How do I help the bankers across the nation? Mm-hmm. And so, you know, my strategy uh, had two different approaches. 
it was a more high-touch strategy in the high-density markets and then more of a support strategy in the lower-density markets. But there was still opportunity. For instance, maybe like uh, Charlotte was in a top-five market, but maybe it was six or seven and growing. So, you know, you would want to support that market right, also. Right. And so, but, you know, then again, I'm only one person and I can't break <laughs> into a million pieces, but it, it's it's important that we give our bankers the tools. That's why I leverage the in-market teams that are already there. And guess what? Those teams have Latinos and women and, you know, mm-hmm. Asian Americans and Native Americans that want to do this work. And right. they actually are very uh, proud uh-huh. to, to do this work in their markets. And it gives them an opportunity for leadership. And so I started leveraging the, the folks in market. And of course, you know, if you go to meet with the owner of a company, let's just say a Hispanic grocer, mm-hmm. and your name is John Smith, your meeting may not be as valuable Mm -hmm. as as if Patty Juarez went into the meeting Mm -hmm. and had a lot of commonalities with this owner. And so it definitely speeds up your, your sales cycle. Right. And so, you know, to not recognize Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. would be not prudent. Mm -hmm. Right. And so that was part of, uh, you know, my strategy is figure out ways in which to support Mm -hmm. all these growth Mm -hmm. markets and how do I help the, the, the units, you know, identify the key prospects, the Mm -hmm. key targets and win. And mm-hmm. so, so I do kind of from super wow. to nuts the whole process. So you're managing a lot of people. I mean, I'm sure you have a huge team. I get a lot of questions about team building, yes. you know, because I'm an entrepreneur. I built a couple of teams where mm-hmm. I work with teams. My teams are a fraction, I bet, of yes. your teams, right? But, um, but, you know, I get a lot of questions, Jess, how do you build a team? How do you yes. manage so many people? So how do you do it? What's your tip? So I think it's really critical. I mean, I've managed small teams, medium mm-hmm. teams, large teams. Mm-hmm. This team that I manage now, there's 130 something offices across wow. the country. Mm-hmm. There's thousands of bankers. Mm-hmm. So I lead by influence, okay. not direct. They don't report to me. Right, right. So it's actually harder to lead yes. by influence mm-hmm. because when you're somebody's boss and you tell, mm-hmm. you tell them, you need, I need you to do this, they're going to kind of do it. Right? right. But if you're not <laughs> their boss and you say, I don't want you to do this. Uh-huh. Then you have to rely on your own charm and you know <laughs> and determination mm-hmm. in getting them to do what you need them to do in market. Mm-hmm. And so I try to build um, high performing teams by really uh, empowering people mm-hmm. to do what they love and serve their community and you know take this opportunity to maybe see it as a leadership potential for mm-hmm. them to impress their own management team. Mm-hmm. And so that's been working really well. Um, so that's leading by influence. But when I had you know smaller and medium sized teams and I and I manage now a team across the country mm-hmm. and nobody I have one person that sits with me. Everybody's kind of scattered ac- uh-huh. across uh-huh. the country. So you're kind of leading remotely, right? Yeah. Which is also it's kind harder. of presents its own challenge. Yeah. <laughs> but actually um, what we have is a great team building weekly meeting where mm-hmm. we all kind of get to, you know, chat and talk about our businesses and talk about how we support each other. And I think the great, and I have one-on-ones with everybody. So I think it's communication yes. is actually to me is to get to know my, my team, mm-hmm. right. To know what they like, what they don't like, what their you know, who their families, what mm-hmm. their, what's their situations at home. Mm-hmm. I mean, I really pride myself in knowing my people mm-hmm. and knowing what makes them tick mm-hmm. and what makes them want to do great work. And so if you kind of get that formula down and that's only earned, it's not like you right. just, you don't demand it. it. You don't yeah. demand. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they, they have got to see in you 
something they want to support. Mm -hmm. And so for me, they see my passion in mm -hmm. wanting to serve these communities that they love and that turns them on to, you know, to do more. Mm -hmm. And so I think that for me, it's, you know, communication clearly, because if you don't communicate, right. that's half the battle, but then also getting to know them, mm -hmm. getting to know what their goals are, their objectives, because I see myself as their talent manager, right? right. So if I know what their goals are, what they want to do, where they want to be, where they grow up, I can then help them with my influence and my um, network, you know, get them to where they mm -hmm. want to be. And I, I'm also the kind of manager that if I promote people, I'm, I'm just super delighted. I'm not mm -hmm. that manager that's going to keep the good person yes, that does yeah. everything because at the end of the day, <laughs> that happens a lot. In it happens a lot. Yeah. <laughs> and, I, but, but I think for me, I've been lucky enough that people have kind of push me forward rather uh -huh. than kept me back. And so I've always made that commitment to myself. I'll That's never, awesome. you know, hoard a good yeah, resource yeah. for myself if I feel they have growth potential. Because that's, you know, I'm also a shareholder, mm -hmm. right? And so mm -hmm. I want our company to do well. And, mm -hmm. you know, definitely if people have a lot of potential, I'm always trying to support their growth. It's mm -hmm. important. And I think that makes them want to work for you more. Right. You <laughs> know, like, no, don't let me yeah, go. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, no, I like her. She yeah. takes care of me, you know. <laughs> So tell me, tell me about a challenge that you faced when you started this entire process. Because I mean, you're like the director. Okay, let me say it again. <laughs> National Diverse Segments Director. So you get this position. Tell me some of the challenges that you faced. Yes. Yeah, especially so, when you started. Yeah. So early on, I think for me, it was just finding the time to build my business plan because obviously I had a lot of responsibility with my existing job. I was managing mm -hmm. 13 people. I was managing a whole region, a lot of clients. Wow. And so I didn't really have the time during working hours to come up with my business plan. So I kind of did what I did with my MBA. I kind of took the weekends and the mm -hmm. evenings to just mm -hmm. do what I needed to do to put it together. Right. Mm -hmm. So that was kind of challenge number one. And then I think once I got the green light to do it, it was like, well, how do I do it? Right. How am I going to formulate a strategy that the bankers on the platform accept, embrace, mm -hmm. and then, you know, that they put it into work in their market. Mm -hmm. And so it had to be well thought out. Mm -hmm. It had to be um, genuine. It had to, you know, meet that market demand. Um, and so, and, you know, we have, for instance, in our Hispanic segment, well, we have Hispanics in Texas, Florida, California, all different They're backgrounds so of different. people, so right? Different, so yeah. you can't really have a one size fits no, all strategy. No. You have to be <laughs> mindful of those kind of cultural nuances, mm -hmm. even amongst ourselves. Mm -hmm. Right. And so I always uh, thought I need to be very thoughtful. And so what I would do is I would take groups of people from each of the different communities mm -hmm. or subsegments and get their voices heard. Like a so, focus group. Yeah, like a focus group. I so I would that. I would give them I would give them a questionnaire and then we would have kind of like a forum, mm -hmm. you know, to do things. And then if I wanted to pick an item for something, mm -hmm. some marketing, I like ran it by a bunch of people. Mm -hmm. Make sure it's something that's going to resonate, mm -hmm. you know, with many um, folks. And so I think it's just doing your homework, right? Mm -hmm. Being being um, thoughtful and deliberate about wanting to really hit the mark. And so I think that's what's been, you know, kind of a key to success. Yeah, I think like the more I listen to you, the, the word that keeps coming is research. You did your homework, you did the research. Yeah. Whether you're, you know, pitching something, whether you're putting together a business plan or even researching, yeah. doing a focus group to find out how to do it, right? The right. strategy. So I love that because... There's, you know, I mean, especially creatives, right? I hang out with a lot of creatives. I'm a creative myself. And 
And I think it's beautiful to create your art. Like if you're a creative, it's beautiful to do all that. But then you do have to sit down and do the research and do that homework, even if you don't like it. Mm -hmm. Right. Because for a lot of creatives, you know, if yes. you want to be a musician or whatnot, like you don't you're not always going to want to sit down and look at the numbers or look at the need or, or right. whatever. So I love that about your story. Uh, but I think you have to balance it because I what I like about this job is that I do find myself very analytically driven uh -huh. because of my financial background. Right, right. But this the fact that I've had to create like a strategy and 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 marketing campaigns mm -hmm. and all these things that are more on the creative yeah. side have developed some muscles on the other side of my mm -hmm. brain that I didn't even know I had. <laughs> That's right. You know, and so I, I have found it to be such a growth experience for me. Mm -hmm. And I think folks that are creative, if they get to use that other side of the brain, uh -huh. you know, where they they may learn that they it's not so bad, yeah. right? It's and, and it's also, I think, very empowering mm -hmm. to just really know what's going to drive your business to success. Mm -hmm. And so if you've done that homework and you know the numbers and you know what you have to, you know, mm -hmm. what marks you have to hit to be successful, I think that that'll just empower you. Mm -hmm. So you work with a lot of um, businesses, and yes. small businesses. What are like some tips that you would give startups and, you know, when it comes to funding or even just starting your own business? Like, what do you do? What are some practices that could help mm -hmm. you grow faster? Yes. So I would say, first of all, you know, going back to the research, do your market study mm -hmm. and be very thorough. Right. Mm -hmm. Understand that if you're bringing uh, shoes from some area of Mexico, if there's no market need and acceptance right. for that, mm -hmm. you're going to go spend a lot of money and then you're going to have a lot of shoes at your house. Mm -hmm. So, you know, just understand where the need is. Now, there might be a new type of shoe that's right. like all the rave and mm -hmm. then you can find it for a cheaper cost and you can bring it and mm -hmm. import it and then sell it. You just have to do your homework. You have right. to understand the market dynamics, the opportunities, the threats, the barriers to entry, mm -hmm. the regulations, yes. right? If, if There's mm -hmm. so much in the regulatory environment yeah. now that people have to be aware of, mm -hmm. um, you know, and then have good resources available to you as a business owner. Have a good accountant. Mm -hmm. You need a good accountant, yes. right? That's yes. a must. Have a good lawyer, mm -hmm. you know, or somebody mm -hmm. who can give you legal advice and have a good banker because you need to finance yeah. your growth, your yeah. business, right? And so you have to have folks like that in your mm -hmm. immediate mm -hmm. team to um, allow you to succeed. Now, early on in a business, you may not have money to pay all kinds of right. uh, you know, right. people, mm -hmm. but you may do it as a consulting or as a, you know, yeah. you may just do a couple of hours here, yeah. a couple of hours there, but mm -hmm. just always having yourself be very informed mm -hmm. and make, you know, because you don't want to make mistakes that are going to cost you in the end. Yes. Right. Mm -hmm. Just to save five hundred dollars in legal fees. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden you infringed a patent or you did yeah, something and right. then, you know, you end up with no business or you didn't protect your brand. Oh, you didn't. Yes, exactly. Exactly. So all of this stuff, I think, to say that you just have to be really prepared and do your homework, do your market study. And if you do all that well and then you also obviously have to have relationships, mm -hmm. right, to, mm -hmm. with people to open doors for you. Yeah. So the networking piece is really critical. Mm -hmm. So as a Chamber of Commerce uh, former chair, mm -hmm. I always told businesses, come network. Yeah. We, we do like all these breakfast meetings yeah. and lunch meetings. It's for you to come and network with people because you never know who yeah. is going to open that door for you. And so, you know, that's an important aspect of being a small business owner. So you brought up the word networking. Yes. And I think some people, some of my listeners know that I have an aversion toward that word just because nowadays when you go networking, it's like this is why one of the reasons we started yeah. Fem Latinas was because I wanted a place that we don't call networking, yes. we call connecting. And yes. 
a place where we come together, but I really want to get to know you. Right? Yes. Like, I really want to be your friend or an acquaintance, but right. like really care, right? And I feel like when people go network, you know, it's all about like, here's my business card. Yeah. This is what I'm selling. Goodbye. You know, yes. or like sometimes like I have like 200 business cards sitting in like a box that like I never, I'm never going to open. But then maybe I meet you and I get to know you and then I do connect with you. So what are some tips, I guess, since you were in the yeah. chamber, you know, some things that to do it right. Like how do you network the right I, way? I would advocate that you have to do it the right way. Yeah. Because I think network for the sake of just talking to a bunch mm-hmm. of people doesn't do you any good and mm-hmm. you're going to waste your time. I mean, my goal when I walk into a room and if there's 100 people Mm -hmm. is if I walk away with two good connections, Mm -hmm. it's been a great day. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to try to talk to all 100. Mm -hmm. And I've met some of my really best connections and friends through networking events where I literally had a 30-minute conversation with that Mm -hmm. person and then followed up with a coffee meeting or a Mm -hmm. lunch, and then we got to know each Mm other. I mean, it's all about relationships and not shallow Mm -hmm. and absolutely horrible relationships. It's got to be folks that you feel drawn to that there's a a business potential with Mm -hmm. or whatnot, you know, we're all going to seek for those opportunities. But I think you just have to be very targeted. You you can't try to boil the ocean and meet everybody in the room or say a quick hello. And people Mm -hmm. are going to be like, Oh, I don't really know who that person was, you know? And they're looking at the next person before they even say goodbye to me. Yes. Oh yeah. They look over your head. Oh my gosh. Especially I'm sure. So that happens to me. I'm like, Oh, okay. Okay. The funny thing is, when you know when you walk in a room people don't know who you are and people that do that and then sometimes they find out who you are and then they come back and they try to talk and then with like, the tail oh, between so, the legs a little right. bit <laughs> I'm like that is so like bad it's more and authentic yes. yeah so I, I love that we're talking about this um for the ones out there that are you know kind of introverted you know yes. maybe they, they care about people they, they are people people in the sense that they care but they don't necessarily have the guts to go up to someone a stranger and start talking do you have any tips for that yeah you know when you do your strength finders and you mm-hmm. find out what your strengths mm-hmm. are mine's a woo so woo is like woo like you, you yeah. just want to talk to yeah, people yeah. you're going to go in a room you're going to be friendly so that's always come easy or natural mm-hmm, to me mm-hmm. um but i know it is definitely not does not come easy and natural to everybody mm-hmm. and there's a lot of people that are more reserved and shy mm-hmm. and what i tell them is it's a it's about making a connection that's that's going to be worth your while. Mm-hmm. And again, not to try to target 100 people in a room, right. but maybe it's more comfortable if you go one-on-one. Yeah. So just and think you see one somebody, person. Just one see person. somebody, connect, yeah. lock eyes, yeah. you know, and mm-hmm. then and then go for it. Because then you'll feel a little bit more empowered mm-hmm. than trying to, like, deal with this whole room. Mm-hmm. And so the other thing, too, for folks that aren't too comfortable with public speaking, because mm-hmm. that's another, you know, fear yeah. that we have mm-hmm. many times, is go to a Toastmasters or go, you know, mm-hmm. go to a, a group of, you know, folks that are reading poetry or right. whatever, you know, whatever just um, allows you to practice mm-hmm. because, you know, people tell me all the time because I speak at, you know, 500 person events right. and whatnot. And they're like, oh my God, that would stress me so How did bad. you do that? Yeah. yeah. And I say, well, you know, first of all, I like look for two or three people in the audience that I can connect with mm. and I know my, my, my material. So knowing your material you is like, know, yeah. you just have to know it down pat, yeah, yeah. right? When you have that certainty of the knowledge of your material, you're going to be a lot less stressed up there. And then you have to practice. I mean, practice makes perfect. And I, you know, I like to, and even if you read a speech or you have it prepared, you still have to put your eyes up, connect with the audience. You know, you can't just be like on the paper right. like this because mm-hmm. you're going to totally lose people. Mm-hmm. And you have to in- interject some, you know, a little humor, a little yeah. personal story, mm-hmm. something that endears you to people. Because right. I think there's nothing more boring than a you know person yeah. up there that's just like 
monotone and doesn't right. even look at you. And, you know, and so in any event, I think for me, it's been all about um, connecting with people. And I think that's when I use that. And then I have a control and mastery of my mm-hmm. material. I feel a lot more confident, you know, speaking. I know to, that. To Thank you for group. sharing that. We You're do welcome. get a lot of questions about that. <laughs> so, you know, being a woman in the financial world, have you seen any challenges specific to that? And how did you overcome that? Sure. Well, financial industry generally, you know, is a male dominated industry. I think for us and Wells Fargo, um, it's been, I've been on part of the diversity and inclusion council for many years Mm -hmm. and we're doing groundbreaking work that is really elevating women and our contribution to the company. And so our senior levels of leadership are up to 30% women now. Wow. And so that's like leading, you know, industry leading stuff, right? Yes, it's not. And so we, but we have made, I think uh, the men in the room have also been our partners in mm-hmm. making great strides and to see the contributions of women and to acknowledge them and mm-hmm. to get you promoted as yeah. a result of it. And so, you know, when we hear from our top senior leaders and, mm-hmm. and their women, mm-hmm. it's very empowering to me, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And, and, and so I think when you see re- yourself reflected in senior leadership, you know, that makes you aspire to right. be more. Like I can make like it. Like I too. can actually yeah, yeah. make it. Mm-hmm. Right now, I just a couple months ago, I accepted the president role for our uh, employee resource group. So all the Latinos at Wells Fargo, which we have over 47,000 Latinos at Wells Fargo, and we're the largest minority group in the company. And as the president of that group, I have like Mm -hmm. this enormous responsibility on my shoulders to represent the interest of Latinos at Wells Fargo. And so I feel very driven to have discussions about opportunities for mm-hmm. Latinos because we, while we represent a big portion of the employee population, when it comes to leadership, there's more work we need to right. do. Yes. And so how do we break that cycle where, mm-hmm. you know, folks get promoted into the key senior mm-hmm. roles of the company mm-hmm. and it's only going to be if folks work together mm-hmm. to get you a sponsor, right. to get you opportunities, mm-hmm. to put you in front of the right people yeah. and the yeah. right opportunities and, and that they're discussing you in, in the room where they're talking mm-hmm. about, you know, the room where happens yeah right but i think you have to make an impact for that like you have to show up right because i think a lot of the times you know yeah we have biases and we have things that we need to work on but also i think sometimes women are just scared to to like really speak up like Mm -hmm. you know even in Mm -hmm. a a meeting right Mm -hmm. like if you're not if you have an idea and you don't share it how are they gonna know that you're good at that right? right uh so when it comes to anything it's like sometimes you just have to ask or you just have to share or speak up and i think uh, many of of the women that are successful mm-hmm. do have a bit of an ag- aggressive kind of, you know, ambitious streak mm-hmm. in them. And I do myself. And I don't I mean, think it's a negative at all. Right? Yeah. Like, think so it's a positive. Yeah. yeah. And so you ha- you have to embrace that. Mm-hmm. If you if, if you have confidence mm-hmm. and you have ambition mm-hmm. and you work hard, mm-hmm. I don't see why you should feel like you're in a less position mm-hmm. than a man. Mm-hmm. You know, when, they say that women to apply for a job where it's a promotion for mm-hmm. you, you wait till you meet like 95% of the criteria on that piece mm-hmm. of paper. Men look at it and if they have 30% of it, they're like, I am <laughs> so going to interview. Right. Mm-hmm. And they apply. And sometimes mm-hmm. they get the jobs. Guess right. why? Because the women didn't even apply that right. had 80% of the stuff right. on the paper because mm-hmm. they didn't think they were ready. And so we have to be bold and mm-hmm. courageous mm-hmm. and ambitious. And, you know, we have to speak for ourselves yes. if the, if that's not being done for us. Mm-hmm. And so, and the other thing too is that I'm, I'm a huge believer that I have to go back and also pull up 
the yes. millennials and the Latinx, mm-hmm. you know, young people at, at Wells Fargo that are mm-hmm. come up and coming mm-hmm. that I have to look back and say, mm-hmm. how do I pull them up? How do I spend time with young folks? Mm-hmm. And, and when they see me and they see like, okay, well, I can do more mm-hmm. at Wells Fargo. If they see that in me, how would I not spend time talking to them about mm-hmm. that? Right. Mm-hmm. And so I am, um, I spent a lot of time talking to young folks mm-hmm. at Wells Fargo because I do feel like for me, um, I had mentors along right, the way, people right. that t- gave of themselves mm-hmm. and gave their time to me so that I could succeed. Mm-hmm. And so to me, the, that payback, you know, mm-hmm. just paying mm-hmm. it forward, paying back, mm-hmm. it's it's critical. And, and it doesn't happen as often as you would it think. It doesn't. Not anymore. You know, I it's think very it's, tragic. Yeah. <laughs> so how do you mentor people? I mean, how do you, what's your approach to mentoring? You know, for the folks that I've mentored over the mm-hmm. years, my approach is to listen more than I talk. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, 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 if they ask for my guidance or my opinion, mm-hmm. I will give it. Mm-hmm. I will put myself in their shoes because my perspective would be different than right. with where they're coming from. And then I will give them my opinion. But I would also ask them, maybe even before I give them mm-hmm. my opinion, well, what do you think? Mm-hmm. You know, because I want them to verbalize mm-hmm. and to hear themselves you know, mm. as to what, what is it that they want to do? You know, that's what coaches do, right? Like, I guess, you, you is it? Oh coach. my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I love that. I just love, because if you hear yourself, you know, say your dreams, mm-hmm. you know, it, right. it just registers. Like we all have the answer, yes. but we just always, yes. or sometimes need somebody else to kind of tell, to, us, what tell to us do or whatever. But or just know. assure you, right? right or right. empower you that you can do it. Mm-hmm. Um, or provide that one connection right. that's going to be mm-hmm. like life changing yes. because you always wanted that job mm-hmm. in mortgage and you didn't know anybody right. and mm-hmm. this person just put you in front of the head of mortgage or something. Right. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, these are the types of things that you do as a mentor, mm-hmm. and um, and so I like to spend a lot of time talking, hearing their dreams, mm-hmm. hearing what they want to do, giving them my opinion, but also getting them to kind of talk themselves through what they want, Mm -hmm. what they would do. Mm -hmm. And I think it's a helpful exercise. Mm -hmm. But yeah, usually doing 70% of listening, you know, 30% Mm -hmm. talking um, so that uh, so that I can understand how I could be helpful. You I know. love that. That's literally <laughs> like I've heard life coaches say that all the time. So you have a gift. <laughs> oh, thank you. Um, so, okay. So you're an empowered woman. Obviously, you're strong. You're a leader. What do you think helped you become that woman? I mean, what are some experiences or I don't know if you have a, a role model or someone that inspired sure. you to do that? Well, for sure. I mean, my I come from a great family of very strong matriarchs. And, mm. and so my grandmother to start was my heart and soul. She mm-hmm. taught me everything that I know how to cook. She mm-hmm. taught me. She uh, taught me all about finances mm-hmm. and interest and all that wow, stuff. Your when, when I was a kid. Yeah. Wow. She would She's show me this incredible. stuff. And then I, like, I literally spent probably three weekends a month at her house, you wow. know, just mm-hmm. cooking and yeah. doing all these things. I mean, it was just beautiful. And so I learned from my grandma that, you know, you can do anything you set out yourself to do and that you, mm-hmm. if you prepare yourself, you know, you can be very successful. And so that's, you know, my life motto, you know, mm-hmm. and that's why I went on to college and mm-hmm. got educated and did all that. And then, of course, then I live my life with my mother, who mm-hmm. is like rock star. Mm-hmm. And um, I didn't really have such a deep appreciation for my mom as a young girl because mm-hmm. I like my dad was the business guy and okay. I like like to go to the office with him or whatever. And um, but then with my mom, when I had my own daughter mm-hmm. 14 years ago, I 
that moment was mm-hmm. like she just became a rock star because right. I'm like, how did she do that for me? Mm-hmm. How does anybody, how can anybody love so much? Mm-hmm. And so, and my mom was a professional. Mm-hmm. She was a teacher her whole life. Wow. She was, you know, she always, she had a, a master's. Mm-hmm. I mean, and she did it with four kids. Wow. And, a and hand back tied in the day. And back in the day. Yeah. Exactly. So, so I, I felt uh, very empowered by the women in my life, you know, and, and so that's a huge positive thing that, that, you know, I think makes me the woman that I am today. And then I think that I also now I want to be, I want to be a good mom to my kids. I Mm -hmm. want, and I want them to chart their own course. Like Mm -hmm. I don't, you know, my daughter probably doesn't want to be a banker like me, you know, that would (laughs) be boring, but you know, it's like, she's very artistic. She's very talented. And so it's like just supporting your kids and their dreams and what they want to do. And then also bringing that dose of, you know, kind of, well, if that doesn't work out, then, you right. know, you have to have a solid <laughs> plan B. Yeah. <laughs> so you have to be that voice of reason. But I think it's super important to, for me anyway, I think it's the women that have, you know, come before me and what mm-hmm. they've taught me and then what I can do to be a better person to show mm-hmm. my girl, you know, mm-hmm. what, what being a woman and what being a strong and powerful woman is all about is what drives me. Mm-hmm. And, and, um, and I see her now at 14 and I can't even wait till she's grown up because <laughs> she's just going to rule the world because wow. she's so she's so confident mm-hmm. and poised and kind. And, you know, you teach that to your kids. Mm-hmm. You, mm-hmm. you surround them with love and, you know, you hope that the rest takes care of itself. Right. But, you know, I I just, you know, the women in my life, I think, have huge influence. And then, of course, there's always role models, right, mm-hmm. that you look up to, whether it's professionally or, mm-hmm. you know, um, in any kind of realm that you see somebody like achieve more than than anybody and, and that just inspires me and so I try to read a lot about women that are like powerful you know mm-hmm. trailblazers right. and they did the, they were the first to do yeah. this and the first to do that it just gives me a lot of I think it's important energy. to hear the stories right yes. because for example in your case when we hear your stories like you told us the how yes right because we can see Oprah or we can see whoever and say oh my gosh she did this and that but it's like how yes right and it's those little like um, you know, kind of like crucial points in your life where you had to make a decision, like, do I pitch this or do I not, right? right? And maybe you miss that opportunity. And then another opportunity comes up. So I think it's beautiful to hear the stories so that we know the how, so that if we face something similar, we can say, right. okay, you know what? She did it. I can do it too. Like, Patty yes. pitched herself. It worked for her. I'm going to try to do it right now. You know, so sure. I think it's beautiful. Um, thank you so much. So if you could give our audience, uh, one piece of advice for their business, most of them are entrepreneurs, what would you say to them? I would say, you know, follow your dreams, do your homework, work hard, and um, surround yourself with a good team that will get you to that next level. I mean, there's so much opportunity, and if your business is doing well, you know, many times what I see in women-owned businesses, Mm -hmm. sometimes Hispanic-owned businesses, is they they don't want to invest in having more people come mm. in that have maybe, you know, great credentials mm. that could really help them grow the business. Mm-hmm. And they hold that off because we're like, no, no, I'll invest in the business. Wow. Right. Yeah. And then if you really have a powerful team mm-hmm. and you have a, a very, you know, professional CPA and you have, like I said, a banker and an attorney and you mm-hmm. have a team that helps you propel the business that mm-hmm. much faster, mm-hmm. you may find that, you know, it's a great thing to do. Um, of course, I always tell women like, hey, it's it's all about where you are in the yeah. stage of your business. Yeah. If you're just starting, you can't afford all this. Right. Like if you don't have the budget yes. for it. Yeah. Right. 
But once you start making money, mm-hmm. don't sh- sell yourself short. Yeah, because then you're capping yourself at that. Like yes. you can only do so and much. And go hire great yeah. people. Right, right. Right? Because mm-hmm. if you hire people that are as good as you or better than you, mm-hmm. you're mm-hmm. only going to just take off more. Mm-hmm. And so that, that would be my, my two I cents. I love that. Thank you so much, Patty. <laughs> welcome. How can people find you if they want to find you? So uh, – I've been at Wells Fargo for the past 25 okay. years. So, yes, I, I, I'm actually in Irvine, California. And so you can find me through Wells Fargo, Patty okay. Juarez at Wells Fargo. And, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to maybe connecting with some of your audience. Awesome. Thank you so much. We really appreciate you. Thank you for listening. Until next time. Thank you. Besos.